listening to the Derek Sante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Sante, and today's episode is a special one to me uh, because of the connection that I share with this, this guest. This friend of mine is one I admire for not only his talent, but his character and his integrity. A man of his word, a family man, a man of faith, a creative um, that I, you know, I am privileged to call a friend. He is a man of many trades. I'm just going to list a few of them. Um, I don't have all of them, but I also know that he is an assistant professor. He is a post-secondary instructor. Um, he also has his master's in digital communications and media. Uh, he's also a f- the founder of the IP development and media company, Full Circle CS. There's a lot more to this gentleman, and I think we'll be able to dive into that in our, our conversation tonight. I've asked my brother to join me so that he can share not only his journey, um, but as well as his insight on the creative landscape of artists and more. Please help me welcome my friend, Gavin Ball. Welcome. Thank you, Derek, man. Great, great, great intro, man. I, I owe you some money, man. <laughs> I, know, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Nah, it's it, it's the truth. A little bit of digging, um, okay, okay. you know, to to get that put together. But I appreciate you taking the time tonight to actually, you know, bless my show with with your presence. So thank okay. you for that. No, no, for sure. And you know, just to kind of say, like, uh, I. It's mutual, man. I, I absolutely admire, you know, what you're doing, uh, what you've done, kind of where you've come from, how hard you worked to kind of get where you are now. Um, and I recognize that, you know, for you, the future is, uh, you know, where you are now is not going to be where you are, you know, uh, yeah. five, ten years down the, down the road. Uh, I think you just keep growing, keep building. So uh, exciting to see where you uh, where you wind up. But uh, yeah. Privilege, man. It's privileged to, to be here sitting with you talking. No, nah, likewise, likewise. I usually open with um with a quote in each episode. Okay. So the quote I have for you, uh, I'm gonna read it and I just want you to kinda share with us what comes to mind when you hear that quote. Okay. So it reads, Art is the only place you can truly find solace within this world. Yeah. It's funny funny you say that, man, because uh, my wife's father is uh, he's a musician, so he's an artist too, right? And um, mm-hmm. and so we talked today. We were we went to took the kids. You can hear my son in the background. We took them to uh, to a farm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because we went. Uh, we were just talking. He, he's kind of you know as an artist, you know, different disciplines. But uh, we talk about you know art stuff and and the artist life, and um, you know I recognize. You know, with my current role, you know, at the university, I have pockets of time during the day where, you know, I'm not in the studio working, you know, nine to five, nine to six or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm on somebody else's idea. I'm not kind of like strapped that way creatively. Um, and then having to come home or wanting to come home and, and just work on my own stuff, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of get those creative juices going. Um, but uh, now what I'm finding is I have this, these pockets of just time during the day. And I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with that time sometimes. And it's like, uh, recently I just went to the art store and I just bought a bunch of art supplies because, you know, I, 
if I'm not making stuff, man, I'm miserable. I don't feel good. I don't feel right. And um, mm. I just have to sit down and create something um, or do something that I haven't done before. And um, and so I got like linoleum, you know, uh, and I started carving it. Did it with my kids today. And then I made just did some printmaking, you know, and uh, did it. Last time I did that, I was like in grade five or four or five, you know, uh, and right. it was fun. It was just like fun. I didn't know how it was going to go. I wasn't, wasn't the process that I've mastered. Uh, I was just kind of like uh, exploring. It was very like freeing. I felt like a child. I let go of my expectations of making good art um, or impressing somebody, you know, mm. and I have uh, just had fun. It, it was, it's nice, but I want to do more of that. You know? Right, um, right. And uh, and yeah, so I think that quote to me is like to me, let go of the world expectations and let go of um, you know trying to always impress or you know or measure up or whatever it is, and just mm-hmm. kind of uh, create freely. Uh, don't wait, you know, for someone to give you permission. Um, just make something, and I think ultimately what I'm working my way to next is share it you know mm. it's not that i don't share my work but when i stop sharing for a little while it's always kind of a, a mental battle to kind of start sharing again you know right um, because once you get on social media and you get feedback and you get likes and you kind of want to for me at least it, it kind of influences me to where i uh i kind of want to control it you know what i mean right um i want to do something that to get more likes or mm-hmm. I want to avoid, I want to uh, like, you know, for me, it doesn't work that way because I don't do the same thing all the time. I, I don't want to do the same thing all the time. Right. I try different ideas. And so the people who followed me yesterday, because I posted this one cool, like right. Disney style art, they're not going to like this caveman art that I post today. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, for me, I have to share because it's meaningful to me and just share. But I almost wish I didn't see that the likes and the followers. I just wish that wasn't there, you know? So, right, right. But I'm in that process at this point. Uh, just figuring out what that looks like. It's tough, though. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough when you when you get caught in that, that spot where it's, you don't want to cater to the pressures of, you know, the people that you don't even know, but they want mm-hmm. a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Right? But in, in catering to that, you kind of put yourself in a box as a creative mind. That's right. And now you become a one-trick pony and you can't do anything else. It's almost like you, you're not allowed to do anything else. And the minute you do, then they're like, yeah, no, he's changed up. I'm, I'm leaving. That's right. That's it. So you become a prisoner of those expectations. Right. I don't right. know if that's good or bad. Maybe it's good, you know, but, you know, you, you hear about like these uh, music musicians, these artists. Who, yeah. People are like, oh, they changed their style and it sold out or, you know, right. I don't like their stuff anymore. The last good album was this album, you know. Right. I can see both sides. Yeah. There's a service thing, like a service, like mm-hmm. unselfish, I think, to give your fans what they want or to give people what they want. Yeah. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you got to do what is fulfilling to you. So. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you say that, giving people what they want. I, I really don't think the people know what they want. Mm. They don't know what they want until until they fall in love with something that you've done. Right. Then they identify it as, oh, this is what I want. But they never really had a clue, right. right? So it's it's funny. It's it's almost like an oxymoron when you think about it. That we're trying not to cater to them because it'll put us in a box. But it was because mm-hmm. of our original idea that they fell in love with us to, to begin with, right? But then if you look at like 
the famous artists who were never famous in their lifetimes. Right. You know? Right. Who did their thing. That's and it. then after they were gone, people evaluated their full body of work and said, wait a second. Right. You know, that was on to something. Right. And, uh, you know, but I think, you know, part of me wants that commercial success. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, I mean, why not? There's, no, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with, you know, yeah. seeking that as well. You can have both. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what what I what I'm kind of coming to grips with is that, you know, the followers may fluctuate or things like that. But at the end of the day, there's people who appreciate the diversity, the yes. eclecticness, you know, and those are the people that you kind of that stick around. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I think I'm getting to the point. I'm, I'd be rather, I'd happy. I'd be happy to have a, 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 a people who appreciate what I share. Mm-hmm just for what it is right? versus, you know, tons and tons of people who appreciate like a very specific thing. You know? right. And I, I fit that, that bill. So I'd rather just be, um, genuine yeah. and kind of like, uh, kind of just be, be myself and, and then people appreciate, appreciate me for that. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to start from the beginning. I want to go back. I want to go as far back sure. as I can possibly go. Um, and we tend to, jump in, which I love the fact that we even jumped in as far ahead as we have. Um, but we're going to go back um, to the beginning. What's your background? Nationality, culturally, what's your background? Okay. So my background is I'm Canadian, born in Canada, uh, born in Windsor, Ontario. My mm. father is um, uh, from Windsor, Chatham area. His ancestors came to, to Canada Many, many generations ago, they, they settled here. Uh, they came up through the Underground Railroad. Mm. Um, and uh, and they, they were kind of, you know, the two pockets in, uh, in Canada that um, that the escaped slaves uh, kind of settled. One was in uh, uh, the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, Old Coast, I believe. And, uh, and then uh, and there's uh, Southern Ontario in uh, Chatham, in the Chatham area. My dad moved to Toronto at one point and then uh, met my mother who immigrated to, to Canada in the 70s um, from Jamaica. Okay. So yeah, my mom is Jamaican and my dad is uh, Canadian, but uh, via the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. There's other stuff in there. Uh, don't know exactly what, but I, I think there's some Dutch and um, some Irish and you know some other stuff. I, I think, I just don't know. I haven't done one of those DNA tests yet. That's cool. My brother did one, and he's uh, he said that he's like seventy percent from Ivory Coast, okay, Nigeria, Nigeria Ivory Coast around there, mm-hmm. and then um, and rest with some other stuff. But I was like, oh, that's cool because I, I was like, oh, maybe that's me too. So I was like, I gotta move into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what's up. Do you do you come from a big family or is it a small family? Uh, my family. So I have one. Uh, brother by, mm-hmm. by the same mom. Um, my father uh, has six, seven child, children, um, one deceased, and I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah, I'm the youngest. and uh, <laughs> But we always got along really, really well with my, my half-brothers and, and sisters. We used to visit them. They, they mostly lived in Windsor, um, so we would go down and visit them, like, you know, every few weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's um, just like having, there's so much Older than me, I guess, like having uncles and cool uncles and aunts, right, right, more than sisters uh, and brothers. But, um, but you know, they were my brothers and big sisters, and I always looked up to them. They're like my heroes growing up. 
they were all in the arts. So they're all, all super artistic and talented and, and brilliant. Um, oh, wow. Like in different different genres and industries? The like they're all good artists. Oh, they're wow. all like, I would look at their stuff and I'm like blown away as a child, right? And then um, uh, I think it's kind of like a thing in our family, like there's just a lot of talent, you know? Um, my sister, Cheryl, brilliant singer, um, brilliant artist. I never really saw, saw her, any of her art, but uh, I saw my brother David's art. Mm. And the way he and his was so good, and the way he talks about her, she's some next level genius, right? So, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but she, her thing is sewing, right? So she likes creating uh, clothes, and so that's her passion. Mm. David was a phenomenal, phenomenal artist, uh, but he uh, he's more into like engineering and like um, making like electronics and robots and, right. and these kinds of things. And then my brother Bentley just. I was sketchbook one time and it's like, oh, like the detail, the eyes and the, the, the attention, um, to the nuance, subtleties, like it was just, it blew me away, you know? Um, wow. And so I always looked up to them. I always like thought to myself, like, what if, what if, what if? Right. If they had been born maybe a little bit later with a different, you know, with the opportunities that I, that I had, you know? Mm. And then, so now my sister, Cheryl, and then my sister, Lori, she sadly, she passed away. Uh, she wasn't as much into the arts. Mm-hmm. Really, but um, yeah, all kind of like really cool and, and brilliant in their own ways. And then uh, another brother, Greg, uh, also like into comics. And I haven't seen much of what he does, but I know his daughter uh, also has that art, art bug in her. So she does some really cool stuff. And uh, wow, yeah. And my, my, I guess my niece and nephews, their children, same thing. Like they're a lot of artists, man. So it's, it's crazy. One of them. Just got a job. He's doing stuff like Star Trek and, you know. Wow. Yeah, like doing cool stuff. And then he has another brother who's, he doesn't, he's not in the arts, like, per se. He, he sells cars. Yeah. But uh, on the side, he does, like, these uh, D&D um, sculptures and stuff. And he's, like, such a fantastic artist. If you wanted to get into the industry, like, he absolutely could. So. Wow. Yeah, I know. So it's, uh, and my brother, obviously, my, my brother Robert, he's a singer. Um, and like it's just uh he goes Stratford and uh doing his thing down there and kinda, you know, he's been doing all kinds of things all over the place. So So is there is there a lot of pressure? I mean, coming from that lineage. No. No, no eh? Not, no, not at all, man. It's just it's just like kinda like fun. Like let's just kinda pursue our passion and I think for the most part, you know, the family is supportive of that, you know. And funnily enough, like my family, my dad's side, has been in Canada for a long time. Like way, way back, my uh, I don't even know how many greats, but great, 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 great grandfather. Uh, he had a band. So he was like Jackson Fire, like right? the, the Ball Family Jubilee Singers. Oh wow! We used to tour Canada and America, and like you know, um, he was also a pastor of a church. The first pastor, I had a black. There's a black church in uh, in Toronto. It was in the newspaper a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah. So so that's that's kind of like okay. That's that's where it started, you know. Um, wow. And then yeah, and then my mom's side. My mom's side of like you know her uh, dad's brothers are, are musicians and everything like that. So. so you you can't you can't you couldn't escape it if you wanted to. <laughs> no, like some things like you know they choose you right. Yeah. And I was talking a little before like. Like when we when we first met, you were into basketball. I was into basketball. Yeah, you know? yeah. basketball 
stole me away from art, you know, for, for my teenage years. Okay. I was telling you earlier, like basketball, this is for now, for me, it's for now. Like, mm-hmm. something I really enjoy hanging out a lot to the point where I want to find ways to, to tie my career back to, to that. You know, maybe find some synthesis between so you, art and basketball. Do you find that you're right now, so right now in your situation, your family life and so forth, you find you're, yeah. you have an itch to be connected to the game in some capacity or is it more towards the, the arts? Um, I think, I think it's, that's a funny thing, man. I feel like I want to create art as part of my life, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I have this other passion for, for basketball, you know, um, mm-hmm. Not even to play it, but just to kind of follow follow, follow the game, you know? And, right. Um, yeah, I, I was actually asking myself that today. Like, what do I like better? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I don't want to... No, 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 that, that was good. That was good. That was good. Um, <laughs> because because uh, it's interesting because that's a, a common battle I find um, when you have two things that are equally, you know, significant to you. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you almost feel like you're forced to choose, but you really don't have to choose. It's just about... Carving out time for each, if you can. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. But it's just interesting yeah. to see that you you find yourself in that 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 you know that situation, which is rough. Right. Well, I mean, I think that I still do art. I still have time for art. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just have like too much time or too much flexibility in my time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a person who thrives with structure. You know. Um, right. I think with teaching, I enjoy it. I love it. But every year my schedule is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my contact time with the students is about 12 to 13 hours, you know, 13 hours a week sometimes. Right. You know, not including marketing or, you know, exactly. uh, emails and things like that. Right. Uh, and prep. But within that time, I can sculpt. I can uh, make music or I can, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or I can do art um, or work on my game. Right. But, uh, you know, I could also kind of catch up on basketball, mm-hmm. <laughs> basketball news, right? Yeah. So um, it's not, I, 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 I don't have to really choose per se, exactly. but I recognize if I did one or the other, I, I'd, have, I'd put more reps in, you know? Right. When did you first realize that you had this talent for the arts? And, and you know, how did that make you feel when you, did, you, know, you realized, wait a minute, I'm actually good at this thing? Uh, I would say like when I was um, probably grade two. Mm. Grade two is when my friends and I would draw Batman, you know, or Spider Man or whatever. Right. right. Well, I didn't I didn't draw good, but I could tell it was like it was all right, you know? And yeah. um and then I think grade three is when the other students started to ask me to draw stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I switched schools and like they wanted me to draw things and I would draw like sharks and like you know, monsters and dinosaurs and and some of them looked cool. Some right. of them looked good. Not all of them. Like some right. looked really bad. But mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then my brother, he had tried out for this school called Claude Watson, and he had gotten in. Um, and it was an art school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so you know, naturally, my parents. He was a year older than me, so my parents wanted me to audition uh, to try to get in too. Right. And so I, I got in. Uh, and then so grade four, uh, I was with other kids who were like focus on arts, whether it's piano or dance or you right. know, uh, um, other forms of music or acting or, or, or visual arts. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so I was just, you know, I didn't know I wanted to be an artist, but I, I was art right at art. And um, I think even there at that school, I kind of like, you know, amongst my peers, they saw me as a kind of a, a talented artist, you know? Um, mm. I think part of it, looking back, I think, and I, we talk about talent and, and a natural aptitude, and I'm of kind of two, two minds. I think some people just, they're more mentally predisposed to, to kind of picking it up and having some success with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think some people just really just like to do it. Right. And I think that's the talent, the, the passion to keep exploring and, and kind of like keep digging and, and kind of keep growing in that direction. Right. Just putting those, those that, getting that pencil mileage, you know, and just doing it a lot. My dad, he would bring like boxes and boxes of paper home, printer paper, not for the printer, but just for us to draw on. Right. And we just kind of go through that, like just draw, draw, and then like plasticine, they'd give us plasticine to right. mess around with and uh, Lego, you know, so we just had like, we don't have like a lot of like fancy toys, but we just... Hands-on stuff. Exactly. We, like I wasn't into sports at all when I was just, like, up until I was like 13, 14. Um, so all of my free time was just doing that. Wow. Now you, you got, how old are your kids now? And video games. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my kids uh, and uh, my kids my, my daughter is nine mm-hmm. and my son is six so do they have they showcased you know your same level of passion towards the arts at all yeah in some ways I think my son in some ways very clear and then my daughter is there but it's not necessarily as clear right mm-hmm. um, my daughter really is into like gymnastics and you know okay running she enjoys like these challenges of mm-hmm. these physical challenges and she she loves craft making and you know um she she has the disposition i think the and the attention to detail and the focus to just sit down and work on something for hours and hours and hours and hours and work out work out the little details my son is a little bit more I want to say bold, I guess, and mm-hmm. like a little bit like kind of like in like me in a way, like where at least drawing wise, like he'll just throw a few shapes together and see what it looks like. Right. Like, oh, it's this thing. Okay. He's not trying to make it look like anything. So it doesn't have to be, you know, right. this or that. It doesn't have to necessarily be good. Mm. Like my daughter is kind of a little more that perfectionist where it's, you know, has to. Okay. You know, she's a little more kind of self critical of, um, of what she's doing, right? So, Got it. What, what, what do they think of your ability to draw the way you draw and, and you know, just what you, you do for a living? Um, I think they think it's cool. Like, I think, like, when, if I'm designing a character for a TV show or something like that, or, yeah. um, or you know, doing illustration for a game or... Mm-hmm. Um, working on my game they, they, they think it's really neat and cool um and they like when i draw stuff they're like oh cool did you draw that did you draw that um and and yeah i i, I try not to like I guess they're exposed to it but i try not to like expose them too much i don't want them to kind of look at what i do and be like and compare what i do to what they can do right um, right and so i I just want to encourage them and, and try to just experiment and just have fun, you know, mm-hmm. and, and over time, they'll, they'll keep improving. I, I do kind of coach them here and there, but um, yeah, I think for them, it's kind of normal, man. I think it's, yeah. I think it's, 
Um, and I think it gives them, if I'm being honest, I think it gives them some pride, like when they, like um, if they're, yeah, uh, if they, their friends think it's cool, um, then it's like they're like happy about that. And then, like, oh, my dad's an artist, you know, um, yeah. or my dad did this, you know, that kind of thing, which is kind of cool. But you know, when you do something, it just kind of becomes normal, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So now, now I want to ask about the you know the queen of the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How would she describe you know her experience? So I'm I'm gonna get you to tell me what you think she would say, right? <laughs> her experience of living with an artist or a creative individual oh. like yourself. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, well, I remember reading this book one time like back when I was in school mm-hmm. and it's like a life drawing book. I thought that it was fantastic. And the guy in the, in the uh, preface of the book, he's basically like, he thanked his wife. So because art is a jealous mistress <laughs> and uh, he thanked her for her, her, for her patience. And like, I mean, we, we met when I was in school right. for art, for animation when we were back in school together. Yeah. And, um, you know how it was, man. Like yeah. we were sleeping under our desks, right. and like you know, like, <laughs> uh, kind of grinding, grinding. Right. And I, that's kind of like the point in my life where, and I think sports helped me with this. Mm-hmm. Developed like a growth mindset. Mindset. So I'm kind of glad I played basketball. But um, the time you put in and train and practice and you know, yeah. it leads directly to improvement. Right. Um, if, if it's critical practice, like you're recognizing, oh, I, I need to work on this, I need to work on that. And, um, you know, I, was, I don't want to say financially insecure, but I was like, I grew up like kind of worried about money, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how am I going to make a living and, and this and that. Right. And um, so my goal was like, I need to get a job out of this. Like I need to get a career, you know, right. I got to get good enough to, to kind of be able to work. So I took it so seriously. And so, um, I felt like the more I work at this, the more likelihood there is that I'll, I'll kind of get a job. Right. What I've done at the end of this two or three years. So yeah, she was there for all of that, man. She saw me, you know, how hard I worked. And, yeah. And you know, she was, she was right there with me. Like, nice. And she jokes like, man, when I met you, Gavin, you're so bad at drawing. <laughs> 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 she was shocked like that I got better right yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember we did she helped me with this one assignment uh, the stop motion assignment <laughs> like we were using hamsters and, and plasticine and like her level of patience for it and my level of patience for it were absolutely different <laughs> right 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 right. you know she's like come on let's we're done it's finished like let's move on to the next shot right so I was like what? no we gotta get it perfect let's do this and <laughs> And so, like, we found a balance between our two schedules. So mm. She was really excited about it. And I was like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. Right. And um, and so, so yeah, she, but she's been right there with me, like, and, you know, um, and one of the reasons actually kind of when I went, why I went into teaching was because, like, there's times when, like, you know, I did my nine to five or nine to six or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And sometimes there's crunch and, you know, we work longer. Right. And then, uh, and then I'd, I'd come home you know, and then hang out, but I, I wanted to keep getting better. I wanted to keep practicing or learning, right. or, you know, I wanted to, I had to, for the full day, I had to work on somebody else's stuff, which is fine. 
but I kind of like needed to do my own stuff too, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of keep keep going, like sometimes you know for a little bit longer at night and um, try to get in my ten thousand hours, so to speak, you know, right, um, right, right, to kind of get to a certain level. And uh, so that's what it was, you know, that's what it is, and and, and it, I think it's not ideal, right? It's not ideal, uh, but you know, once I had kids, it became a little different, and I wanted to spend time with them and wanted to kind of be around more. And, mm-hmm spend some time, more time as a family because when, you know, when we don't have kids, you know, we can still go out on a date. We can still hang out super late and we can do all these kinds of things. Uh, but once I had kids, I, and maybe I'm soft, I don't know what it is, but I felt like lousy if I wasn't able to kind of right. spend some time. Yeah. And so I, I tried to, to get out of, um, the studio grind, the nine to five, mm-hmm. as great as it is, I owe a lot of my growth to the years I spent doing that mm-hmm. um, and being able to work alongside other talented artists, and, you know, um, just kind of doing that day in and day out, not having to worry. It's like amazing kind of training and practice and, right. and a growth period for me. But, uh, you know, I came out of the cost of like being able to spend time uh, with the family. And uh, so teaching for me, it kind of has given me a little bit more like that, like I said, that time flexibility where I'm like, I'm struggling with that. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, struggling with that now. Like, so do you, do you think, to- sorry to cut you, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out, do you think having kids in that chapter of your life when it began took away yeah. some of your time to, to be as creative as you would have liked to or? Um, no, because I would, uh, you know, spend the time with them and then, you know, get up super early in the morning you know, and kind of do my work or whatever, um, do my extra or stay up kind of late and do my extra, right? But right. Um, I think the thing that got me was I had this one job where um, uh, a lot of OT at the time mm-hmm. and um, my daughter had just been born and basically I'd get home after she um, sleeping. She went to sleep. Right. Yeah, man. I just couldn't really kind of deal with that. Yeah, that was rough. I, I, I went through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of when I wanted to switch things up, you know? And yeah. um, I took chances, I guess. Some chances. Nothing mm-hmm. crazy, but took mm-hmm. some chances and, um, to to kind of find my way out of that, you know? And it right. wasn't wasn't always smooth to kind of make that full transition to teaching. But yeah. um, like, I think it was worth it. Nice, nice. How would you describe your Seneca years? I mean, um, as a student, yeah. Like, is there anything you would change or do differently if you had, you know, know what you now know? Uh, I wouldn't change anything, man. Like, it was, it was amazing, and um, like the friends I made, and you know, um, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, it was neat because, you know, not that it's the most important thing, but it's neat to meet other people of color. You know, kind of. Yeah. Doing the same kind of thing that I was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, there was always, we went to Seneca, there was always Sheridan, like Sheridan was kind of like the, yes. the, kind of the, the powerhouse. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so there's like some, always some what if mm-hmm. I kind of tried to get there and, and, you know, what would that have been like, but, um, ended up meeting a bunch of those guys anyways and kind of being friends with them. And, yeah. And, uh, they're my colleagues. doesn't really matter where you went. Right. Um, their education, they got some strengths, mm-hmm. you know, where we were weak and, and vice versa. But yeah, no, my Seneca years were great. I think that's when I grew 
up and start to transform my mindset. And mm. I started actually journaling when I went there because prior to that, I was like the worst student, man. I was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know if I would do any of the work when I got to the Seneca. Really? Like, yeah, based on my track record, like, um, I didn't trust myself, man. And, uh, you know, I never had applied myself to outside of basketball to anything, you know? Ah. And, uh, and so it wasn't until Seneca, I actually, I got, I flunked out of university, man. <laughs> Just cause I, I didn't go to class. I didn't do anything. Like it was, it was the dumbest thing. And, um, uh, it was kind of a crisis moment for me mm-hmm. where I was like, I was working in a production kitchen at, um, at Skydome at the time. Right. Working long hours sometimes throughout the summer and, you know, getting paid. All right. Like I think it was like, 10, 11 bucks an hour for, for that age. Uh, but um, I recognize I'm trading my, my hours and my life and time for money here. And uh, if I don't go to school, I don't have a lot of options, you know? So, right. Um, right. I, I slumped. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't take it seriously and I didn't try. And then um, I kind of had this moment of crisis where I was like, mm. I got to decide what to do with my life. So I listed everything I, was passionate about basketball, acting, maybe, you know, um, being a comic book artist, being an animator. Um, I listed every possible idea of whatever I, I, I thought that I, I might pursue. And um, and then what the likelihood was that I could actually do it, pros and cons. And I think animated, animation went over basketball, you know, because I, I was, I was, that's, I'm going to the NBA. I don't care. You know, you right, right, right. Shit, right? <laughs> um, and I had a plan, like, I'm going to just train. I'm going to make a, a university team. And then I'm going to play one year Canadian university. And I'm going to try to get into an American school and bust my butt for, you know, however long I'm there. Right. Kind of just scratch my way and, you know, be the last guy on the team and just work my way up from there. Uh, Anyways, uh, I flunked out of school, like <laughs> out of university. Yeah. Well, let me, let me go back a little bit before because I think basketball is a really kind of big part of my story to some degree. Mm. Can I? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. So high school, like I all through high school and school, man, like if this kids listening, don't follow my path. Like learn from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All through school, sadly, man, I just never applied myself. I just never really applied myself. And you know, I think part of it was me kind of looking for where I might fit in the world, like, you know, looking for that uh, external kind of like validation of, uh, you know, where, where can I fit in this society, you know? Um, right. And, you know, I saw basketball players and, and rappers and, you know, I saw like, they're, they're successful, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a bummer because I had successful family members, you know, like uh, right. that, that are black um, doctors and lawyers and everything like that, you know? Um, but I was just never like really wired that way. And, right. uh, uh, I didn't know, I didn't, like in my early year of high school, like I'd been playing on the year. I didn't make the team in grade nine, mm-hmm. made the team in grade 10. I progressively got better. But the year between a grade 11 and grade or grade 12 in OAC, trained like crazy. I got like, that was like trained like insanely amounts. I was going to be so good in my senior year mm-hmm. and get noticed or something. Like, Grade twelve, my coach, you know him, Mr. James, Eric James. Yes. He said you should go to IMG. Mm. IMG Academy in the States. Yeah. I was like, well, what's this? I didn't take it seriously. It's like, oh, it costs money. Like, I was like, nah. 
And I, you know, I don't even know if I told my parents about it. But uh, you know, in hindsight, that's like that would have been a good route at that right. time. But uh, uh, anyways, what I ended up doing was uh, I trained. Going to make the OEC, you know, play OEC, you get noticed. Probably not get an American school, but maybe go to a Canadian school and play. Um, but I, I, uh, I didn't take care of my school, and I just messed up. I didn't try and get my OEC year. Um, got like a 35% average, didn't go to class, didn't do anything. And like, um, what caused that though? Uh, I met a girl and like, <laughs> uh, kind of messed me up, man. Like, uh, <laughs> you got distracted. <laughs> just a whole bunch of things. I wanted to be popular and cool. I just, my cries were right. backwards. And, right. um, you know, so I got those things, but I just messed up the important stuff. And, um, yeah. So I asked the coach, Hey coach, can I, you know, can I plan a team? I'll, I'll get a letter signed, you know, from my from my teacher saying that I'll I'll bring my grades up because he had let me do that the year prior, right? Because mm-hmm. um, of the same situation, but I, I got my grades up; it was fine. Um, and but I think a few things conspired to kind of derail me in my OAC year. Like I was an art major in in high school. Mm-hmm. Not making excuses; I take full responsibility for you know. I'm just kind of reflecting on where my mentality was at that time. Right. I was an art major, but in OEC, we didn't have art class anymore. Mm. So not having that opportunity to create kind of like took away some of my attachment to right. the academics, right? It gave me, didn't, I didn't have that outlet. And then um, met a girl, like I said, kind of maybe let that distract me. Um, and then uh, the third thing was not getting on the basketball team because of my academics. And I didn't buckle down and just get back on the team. Right. Um uh, you're just like, no, you can't do that. So it was like, uh, I could make the team maybe in January in the new semester. But by then, it was just, I was too far gone and right. uh, just kind of had given up hope at that point. Uh, and uh, and so on that academic year, uh, so I wasn't going to get to play that year. Uh, and then so I ended up doing a victory lap for half a year. Uh, my mom's a teacher. She made sure I went to her school. I went to Don Mills. Uh, so I was just going to try it for their team, play for their team, and then um, and then kind of same same plan, right? Just a, a year or half a year delayed, or a year delayed. And then we had work to rule at that time, so there's no, at that school, there's no basketball team, there's no coach, there's, they didn't put a team together. So. Right. So anyway, didn't get to play. Anyways, I got to university. I, I kind of scrambled down my marks up, went to summer school, went to night school and all this stuff, and got enough, good enough grades to go to university. And then I was going to try out for the team there. So I booked that day off work. Uh, I found out there was a trial, booked the day off work. I show up and it's just a conditioning test. Mm. And um, they're like, yeah, the trial's tomorrow. And then I I didn't have, I hadn't booked that day off work. So if I was really, really serious, I would have just booked that next day off work or found a way to get out of that day's work and then, um, and then showing up for the, uh, for the trial. But uh, anyways, I didn't. And so I didn't try out, but you know, I'll try out next year. And, but I flunked out of school. Right. So that was the end of my basketball dream. And that kind of like, I sat down, I had that moment of like soul searching of like, I got to choose something with my life. Otherwise, you know, I'll be working, you know, um, as a line cook, you know, again, not knocking the profession or, you yeah. know, like if, if that's what you do, never. But for me, I, I just knew like I could do more. I had other right. options. Uh, 
yeah, I listed out all the things. Basket, it came down to basketball and animation. Animation versus comics. Animation, animation over comics because animation had a kind of, I know I could go to school for animation right. and probably get better. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to get into comics. I knew I wasn't good enough at the time. And so, uh, basketball was the kind of the deciding factor for, for me was that, you know, I can get better and better and better at basketball. Absolutely. I can guarantee that I know I, I can continue to improve. Right. Um, can't control if I can make a team, but I think I know I can continue to improve. And then, but then my career is going to be like over, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm 35, yeah. 36, 37, right. you know, and then I have to figure out what's next. And it was just like, I, I, I got frustrated with the idea of like, I can have this kind of amazing growth, but then I've got to wrap it up early, you know? Right. And I figured like if I choose art, you know, when I'm 35, I'm just kind of still getting better and nothing's right. going to kind of slow me down from continuously improving. Right. Um, so that was kind of the deciding factor. And I was like, wow. Uh, and so, so I was like, put down my basketball dreams. I stopped pursuing this as like diligently because why well, I, I didn't try hard at school. I, I tried hard at basketball. Right. Right. <laughs> um, right. And, uh, and uh, and then I just transferred that energy to art, but I had been such a poor student. I had such bad um, study habits, and you know I just never did the work like that was assigned to me. I just didn't do it. I, just, I didn't show up to class. I just didn't. You know, I was very apathetic towards school, so I wasn't sure how I would take it. I wasn't sure how I would do. Um, and I had to journal a lot to overcome the mental stress of like disappointment. Right. And, you know, having to. And, you know, I don't feel like it. I, I'm tired. I don't want to do this work. I don't want to do this thing. But, you know, if I really want to do this thing, I have to do it. You know, it's funny. And so I, I'm going to cut you. But, you know, it's funny. As you say, as I'm listening to the story, I'm realizing and I'm thinking back to those years at Seneca. Yeah. And now some of the things that you were doing, decisions that you were making, is starting to make sense to me. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's what I want to hear. Maybe I wasn't even but because, I was. because there are moments, <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, Gavin, have you started the assignment? He's like, no, no, not yet. And it's like the day before. <laughs> <laughs> it's due. <laughs> uh, the ultimate procrastinator. Been, and I'm like, my secret what? Thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I'm like, Gavin, where are you going? I'm going to the gym. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to the gym? <laughs> We got work to do. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm like, wait a minute. And and that used to like irk me because I'm like, this guy is so talented. Right. right. But he puts it yeah. off until the last minute and he still pulls it off. But I'm like, nah, if he had done it before or earlier, I know that would have been his best work. Yeah. Like it, the outcome would have been better. Right. But n- now it's starting to make sense. I'm like, you were, you were clinically de- depressed. You think so? From basketball. I think so. Because okay, you, you were still hanging on to that. I was. I actually was. No, you're right. Because, like, um, every time I played, if I played good, right. I felt like, oh, shoot. You know? You know? You know so, I like, like I, I knew you were still not, you weren't fully yeah. present with, right. with the yeah. art some days, right? Some days you were completely focused. And then right. you had moments where... And it was sporadic, right? Moments where it's like, uh, Gavin doesn't feel like doing anything. He'll doodle, but he won't do the work. Right, yeah. Like, you would distract yourself with other sketches instead of doing what you were yeah. supposed to be doing. Right, and, right, right. And, you know, yeah. so it was one of those 
situations and I'm like, I'm noticing this. So I figured mm. the basketball, now that you tell me the full story, now that I have, you know, a clear picture of it, now it makes sense to mm. me why you were, those moments were happening. Right, right, right. Because I didn't realize, because I'm thinking, wait, he's, he's completely talented. This this stuff comes to him easy. Like, why is it mm. that he's not even getting it done and get it out of his way? He'll rather wait right, yeah. and put himself through that grind of sleeping overnight just to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but I, I think I think there's another piece to that, which is like um, the fear, the fear, man. I'll be honest, like the mm-hmm. fear of part of it. I think was a fear of failure, mm. or a fear, fear of not measuring up, or fear, fear of you know. Yeah. No, if I don't do it, then I'm not talented. I'm not good. You know. Right. Um, right. and so those are, I think some of the issues that I had to work through and I, I'm just, uh, I'll be honest, man, I still struggle with some of those things, you know, mm. like, um, X, Y, Z has got to get done, but like, there's a, there's a, there's a inertia that I yeah. have to overcome of like, what if I can't do it? Or what if I mess this up? Or how do I start? You know what I mean? Right. Like there's all right. those things that, that kind of still kind of like uh, happen. And, and, and I think it happens more. When I'm bu- when I'm not busy, mm. you know what I mean. It's weird right. because it's like when I'm busy, I don't have time to think. I just gotta go. I gotta do it. I, I do gotta it. Yeah. stay on top. But when I'm not busy, and it's like, do I have to? Do I can justify? Oh, I have some more time. Or, you know? And, right. And right. So it's like it's a, it's a thing, man. And I and I and I I, I find I think and here's another thing. I think part of my talent. Is linked to a sensitivity that I have, you know. Mm. Um, Elaborate on that. I have. I think uh, Kawhi guys like that have it too. Kevin Durant. Like they, people joke about them. Mm-hmm. This basketball, right? But like rapper years, right. like they're kind of here or LeBron. Like they hear what everyone's saying. Mm. LeBron impresses me because he's like mentally tough. He just works, 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 works. He doesn't stop. But he doesn't have the same nuance to a game that uh, that a KD does, right. or you know, um, or a Kawhi. Kawhi is unique mm-hmm. because he is perfect, close to right. Like, you know, and the closest thing. Yeah, it's, it's challenging for a guy like that to. It, it takes a lot out of him to play that to that degree, you right? Know? Um, which is why I think. Him playing a full season versus another person playing a full season, it costs him more. Yes. You know? Yes. He's, he's just he's so focused. I, I noticed it when he was on the Raptors. Yeah. The way this guy is able to focus, like... Yeah. He only, he only plays one way. He only knows how to play one way, which is... Exactly. To, you know, he'll give you everything he has. Exactly. On you both know? ends of the floor. So... Right. It is hard. It is more taxing because, because the guys that are just literally offensive, you know, minded or driven... Yeah. Take breaks on defense. Right. But he's expected to perform on defense and perform on the offensive end. Right. Yeah. And he's so focused on like the, the like just shooting it just so, you know? Yeah. Like, the player has to go like, to barely miss a shot. He'll hit it shot, shot, right. shot. He just like hits everything. It's unnatural. Yeah. Like even Jordan, like mm-hmm. he gets hot sometimes. Yeah. He makes it, he misses. But in the games when he's on, like Kawhi, it's just like he's a robot. Like he just, somewhere else there's a sensitivity and I find when I'm working when I'm doing my best work mm-hmm. it uh it drains me 
Mm. Not physically, but like mentally, you know? But wait, is that because of your perfectionist mentality? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's like, but, and because of that, people want more of what I, my work. So the more I do that, the more people want and ask of me, you know? And, mm-hmm. then, and then it becomes this vicious cycle of like, I, I need to renew. I need to kind of take a break and right. um, refresh. Like, I got to kind of find a balance. You know, I'm not saying I'm like the greatest artist or anything, but like, you know, I, I, I still want to get better. I still have ways I can improve uh, and still a long ways to go. But I think that, you know, because of the attention to detail mm-hmm. that I bring sometimes, like, um, people are like, oh, I, I would like you to do more. But I, at the same time, it comes at a cost. To yes. So that's where my struggle is. Like, I want to be that guy. I want to do, I want to be Kawhi performance. With like Carl Malone's durability, you know what I mean? Right, right. I want to be able to do both, but I don't know if that's realistic for me or not. So I have to, you know, even this year, I reached a point where I was like doing some pretty cool work, like that. That I, I was excited that I was had the opportunity to do it, mm-hmm. but it's uh, I was drained. Man. I was drained, and like I just didn't. I felt like chained to my desk. Right. And like, uh, can't spend time with family. Right? I, I, not that I couldn't, but I, so, there's things I want to do, but I can't do them because I got to do this. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Do you think, do you think that when, when you're in that space where you're tweaking and retweaking something and yeah. no, I'm not happy with that. I'm doing this and you're redoing and you're redoing. Yeah. Um, but no, wait, you said this is about your work, work that you're doing for yourself. Is that, is that where you fall into the, those traps? Yes and no. The work for myself is like, I can take as long as I want. I can kind of like do it to the quality level that I'm, that I'm comfortable with. And um, and it's just generally following an interest. It's engaging, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I can choose how I do it, how I approach it. Okay. But when I do it for a client, it's a little bit more like, gotta use the tools that, that, I, that I need, to, certain tools that I use. and. Um, I can try to explore new workflows and implement new workflows. And I, I sometimes, I truthfully, I have to do that to kind of stay engaged, you know? I have to find tricks for myself. Do you, do you realize that most clients don't actually know exactly what they want? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't separate it. I, I can only do it one way, you know what I mean? Like... That's going to cost you and it's going to continue to cost you. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Because now it's costing you in so many ways when you think about it, because as you're describing it, I'm like, wait a minute. I know that. I know that energy. I've been there for a short stint and mm. I didn't like it. And I said, yeah. let me get out of it because mm. what's happening now is you're investing all this time and energy. Yeah. You're, you're going to get this commission, but it's, it's not going to, mm. it's not going to get any more mm. than what, you guys agreed on on the contract. Yeah. You could have completed four or five different other commissions with that same time you've invested in doing this one. Yeah. And so you lose out in other opportunities. That's just what comes to mind. I agree. But I think, I think I'll think i be honest, Derek, I think you've got a better mind for business and the economics of it than I do. Okay. It's not that I don't have that, but I think at the same time, I feel like I'd feel... Like I'd feel hmm. It's just hard. I don't know. Like, it's weird because sometimes people will ask me, oh, can you do this? It's just a simple, quick thing. And it probably would be, right? Mm-hmm. But there's just like a, a mental kind of like barrier that I have 
where it's like you don't want to accept that because you feel like it's you it's you it's you you're, you're giving this part of you but it's not the best of you and i only want to give the best right and so i know that i won't just treat it as a quick little thing right throwaway thing that you want that's and, all you want and me as a client i'm like you're not listening to me yeah <laughs> yeah, I told you so I want a star, and you're trying to give me the galaxy. Right, and that's that's where I'm, I'm getting better, I'm getting better. But that's that's always my struggle, and yeah. I think the way around that, like when I do, like if I do caricature for somebody, mm-hmm. there's two ways I can approach it. Like I can do my best try, right? I'll just try one. I'll do my time myself, myself a time in mm-hmm. fifty minutes. Sure, like it's done. Here you go. This is what I could do in that time. But if you give it to me and say, I need it by this date, you know, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to, you know, work at it and perfect try, you know, I'm just going to try to do as much as I can to mm-hmm. it. Versus if I'm sitting there with you live, it's like, can you just draw something in 15 minutes? Right. Because you know, in that first drawing in 15 minutes, there'll be so many things that I wish I could go back and change. Right. Um, that if I have the opportunity to go back and change, I will absolutely do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and work will come out better as a result. So I could give you something better. Right. Uh, but it's going to cost me more than, you know. Right. Than I would like for it to cost me. Exactly. Um, so my my question is to myself, shouldn't I just do that? Like, and then it'll kind of lead to something else down the road. I'll get underpaid today, but I'll get paid properly tomorrow. Um, you know, and, and it's just training. It's just training. It's like, like working, it's lifting heavy weights. It's difficult for me, but I'm going through that process. It's, it's different as an artist though. Yeah. Because I, I get the concept. It works great in business, uh, a startup right. business or, you know, service provider or anything like yes. that. It's yes, different. Yes, yes. But yeah. for an artist, it's costing <laughs> you a lot more that you'll never get back. Right. And and obviously I was thinking about this a few years ago. I uh, basically a few years ago I recognized like art is different, man. Because the more time you spend on it, the better you are evaluated. You know, like right. people look at all oh, that artist is good because of the work that they produce. No one looks at how long it took to make it. Mm-hmm. Like Disney, Walt Disney is famous. Not, like some of his projects, the feature film they would make, like mm-hmm. they were in development for twenty years. No, in some cases, yeah. like from the first idea to kind of like the early sketches and kind of like you know fleshing things out, and then they're gradually making it, and then eventually when they go into production, mm-hmm. it's a couple of years or whatever. But you know, had they just made it in one shot, they uh, it wouldn't have the richness. It wouldn't have like the you know, so let me be as well informed by all these different things. Let me play devil's advocate. No, no, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, no, I, I completely follow you, by the way. I agree with what you're saying, too. Yeah. I'm just playing the devil's advocate because I want to kind of show a different perspective. Yeah. No, I, I want my mind to change, man. I, I want to grow. <laughs> I want to have a paradigm shift where I'm like. Because, so for that movie, for example, that feature or whatever yeah. the project is, that person took 20 years to make. Yeah, yeah. What if they didn't live long enough to finish it? Oh yeah, no, for sure, and that's happened too. Right, that, that happened. So that there was that movie, there was that trilogy, um, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. Um, the guy never published any of those books, from my understanding. Like, yeah, it was like found. His manuscripts were, were found, like after he passed away, and someone typed it up and, and released it. And uh, 
boom, it was like incredible. But then you have Tolkien, right? J.R.R. Tolkien. And I think that's a risky take, but he spent years and years and years like just building this world, this right. universe of, of Middle Earth. And um, writing languages and all this kind of stuff. And, mm. and when it dropped, it was like, boom, like because it took so long to make, right. people were like, we don't see this every day. You know, mm. This is so unusual. Like, and they, they, they had to make space for it because it's like, there's so much thought and, you know, care uh, and, and love that's been given to this that time, you didn't have to time this. There's no timing thing for this. This is like, and whenever it comes out, we'll make space for it. And right. I think I've been locked into this think of like, am I too late? Am I going to be too late? Do I have to rush? Do I have to rush you mm. know, to get my, my baby like this for my game idea, right? Like, do I have to rush to get it out the door? But I'm like, I think if I make it quality and I focus on that, that's all I can control. And then, Hopefully the world will make space for it. They'll recognize the care and love that's been put into it. And and, uh, they'll make an an allowance for it, you know, Um, and people will appreciate it for that. Mm. That's all I can, you know, I can't control whether whether or not that happens, but um, that's kind of my thinking, you know? So Mm. uh, I I, I recognize who I am as a person. I'm not, I'm not this trendy fashion guy. I'm not like up on like the latest, you know, trends and, I'm not going to survive by being the quickest and like, you know, the most nimble. Um, but it's not my inclination to move quickly like that. I'm more, you know, I work better. Or I enjoy working more methodically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share, I think, I, I don't know if I told you about this book. This is Marketing okay. by uh, Seth Godin. You might have mentioned it. I, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin, but I don't know if I read that one. I'll, I'll write it down. Read this that is one. Marketing. Yes. Okay. Read that one. Because... Mind you, yes, you're methodical and, you know, you move at your own, um, you know, drum and whatnot. But I think the transition that you want to make is going to happen, but it has to begin with how you are looking at the world. That needs to shift, meaning you're looking at them to appreciate the 80 percent detail that you're putting into the work that you're doing. But the reality is only Mm -hmm. 20 percent of the people are going to appreciate that detail. Right. Right. So what Seth talks about in that book is just ship. So your game, for example, that you've been developing, right? Yeah, yeah. put it out there. Put it out there. Let them criticize it because the criticism is going to be your free, you know, survey, you know, of the market. Mm -hmm. And then you can retool it and send it back out there again. Right. Oh, that one, that one is a little bit better than the first one, but we still didn't, you know, we don't like it because of X, Y, Z. Great. Now I know what they want. Mm-hmm. It's free. Yeah. No, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and that's kind of like what I have to be conscious of. Am I stalling to avoid judgment? Right. You know, or am I truly kind of doing what's right for the project? You know, so mm-hmm. I, I am a hundred percent aware of the fact that, you know, I could be 60 years old, 70 years old, oh, mm-hmm. I'm still working on this game, you know? Right, like, right. <laughs> You know, not quite. Hopefully that's not the case, right? right. But, um, but it's already taken me way longer than I than I had initially anticipated. You know? Right. So there's another quote. I'll share this with you. Um, Colin Powell, I think it's attributed to, or actually, I don't know if it's a quote or just a uh, an army kind of thing mm-hmm. or a military thing. It's the, the, you've, we've heard of the 80-20 rule, right? Yes. But this is the, I think, the 70-40 rule. Mm. You never try to get more than 70% certain on something before you take action. 
Mm. And once I think the threshold is 40%. So once you're between 40 and 70% certain of something, then you move. Um, because if you don't have up to 40% certainty, then you are just flying absolutely blind. But if you try to get more than 70%, you're, you're going to never pull the trigger. Uh, so, um, so that's kind of another one that I'm kind of yeah. looking at. And, uh, I feel like to some degree, and I feel like this project is like a, a, a gestating baby, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's growing, it's growing. And yeah. it's just gonna, the natural order of things, and I don't know who said this, but the natural order of things is to get done. Mm-hmm. And if you work on something, it will get done. That's if you're reworking something and just redoing it, redoing it, redoing it. I mean, that's different, right? right. But um, if you are kind of taking meaningful steps forward, even the biggest project will ultimately kind of come to to fruition. So, right. So yeah. Anyways. So, no, no. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Talk to me about full circle. How did that come to be? So full circle uh, happened because. Um, what is for full circle? Tell us about that because I want to make sure the listeners know what it is because I just threw it out there, but oh, I want to yeah. make sure they know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so Full Circle is a um, is a, my production company. Um, it's focused on primarily uh, interactive media, media in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily interactive media, I would say. Um, and the, the model, our model is media with a message. Um, and the idea is like, you know, to generate and create conscious media, uh, you know, that's engaging, um, you know, that, uh, that will hopefully make people think and uh, reflect on how to go about going through their lives, you know, and the CS, full circle CS. Mm-hmm. CS could stand for a lot of things. I haven't, like, I have some ideas of what it could be. It could, could, could be Christian service, could be community service, uh, all kinds of different things. But those are probably the two two main ones that, uh, that I would kind of like uh, say. And I think the media with the message is just, I think stories are meant to inform. Stories are, we create stories because we can learn and grow from them. They help us, they should help us, or they can help us not negotiate, you know, our lives mm-hmm. in a more successful manner, you know? Right. Um, I think that basic principle of stories has been hijacked by, you know, Hollywood to just entertain. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, and I think when it really clicked for me is I watched this movie called, I think, The Weatherman. It's a, uh, 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 Nicholas Cage. Mm. And I was like, I was on the edge of my seat trying to see the lesson in this movie and how this guy grew and learned. I should watch your, uh, an analysis to see what other people say. <laughs> yeah. I felt like the guy didn't learn anything by the end. And uh, maybe that was the story. Right. But like, actually, like I didn't learn anything either. Mm. <laughs> you know, watching yeah. it. And uh, it was just kind of not a waste of my time, but a missed opportunity. Right. And um and I I was like, what's the purpose of stories and why are they so like why do we connect with them the way we do? But we can learn from other people's mistakes, we can learn from our own mistakes and if we see, you know, someone doing right or doing wrong, um, or we can learn from other people's successes, we can we can see people do that in a truthful way, then I think that can be impactful and meaningful to our lives, right? So I think a lot of times not that it's bad and you know, I I'm guilty of like watching a lot of shows that, that do this, but they glorify, you know, uh, revenge or, you know, right, they do anything, right, like, yeah. you know, um, 
and the person walks away scot free, like no consequence. But, right. but I feel like, let's be honest about it. Like, if you do X, Y, or Z, no, it's not going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I guess, you know, not directly, but you know, to some degree, I, I'm, I'm kind of want to talk to the black communities, you know, and right. uh, like especially, I mean, I know you're from Africa, right? So, yeah, but you grew up here. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you spend time right there and here. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that I met from Africa, their their values are slightly different. Their perspective is slightly different yeah. uh, than those who've maybe grown up here in North America, and that's kind of been their primary um, uh, experience, right? But right. I think that um, uh, just teaching lessons about kind of making certain choices and how that can be a negative, mm-hmm. or how that can impact you negatively in your life. Like I like I, I talked to you about it. Like, look what I did in school. Like, look how it cost me, right? Right. And then also kind of just be uh, truthful about things like feeling of uh, learned helplessness. Mm. Uh, and and what that's all about. Like, you know, there's right. been experiments. You put a flea, a bunch of fleas in a jar, and you, fleas are notoriously, like, they rake really good jumpers so they can jump easily out of that jar. But you put the lid on for a few days. Yeah. Uh, and learn to jump just below the level of that lid so they don't bang their heads. Yeah. Um, then you take the lid off, leave the jar open. They'll never jump out. Yeah. And even their children will never jump out. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's like a powerful kind of like um, analogy for, for people, mm. you know, people of African descent who've grown up in like, you know, through bad you know, circumstances for so many years. A, and then tons of other people from other ethnic groups or, you know, with other backgrounds, for whatever reason, they've grown up feeling, oh, I didn't have enough money or, you know, I wasn't smart mm-hmm. enough. Whatever it is that they feel locked and trapped into that, um, that to reliving that, um, that life. Yeah. They can kind of break free, but I think you need that, you need to see someone else do it or you need to kind of recognize where, where your mind is stuck. Right. Um, and so, so that's kind of like, at least through Gladiatron, one of the messages that I want to uh, kind of get out there. Mm. And I think that's what I mean by to get with a message. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember early stages of Full Circle, you had a, a network of artists. Is that still the same? Uh, yeah. And I, I think it kind of fluctuate, like, um, you know, for the most part, like fairly established in their careers in the, mm-hmm. in the animation industry. Yeah. You know, we, we continue to work with some of them. Uh, so guys like Jasper, um, uh, Sheldon talked to here and there, right. but then, uh, you know, we work with like a lot of uh, up and coming talented people, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, out of school, you know, uh, right. just like we were back in the day, but, yeah. but this time giving them opportunity, giving them direction, mentorship and, and, and things like that. Um, so I think ultimately that's what I want full circle to be is, you know, my vision for it is for it to be, a. um, uh, a working kind of training studio where mm-hmm. um, young people are able to uh, to kind of get the mentorship, access to, to mentorship, and um, and almost like a uh, almost like a multi level marketing business model, right? Where uh, a person coming in off the street, you know, uh, they can be taught and trained to to sell something, but they don't know anything anything about. It. They have no background in it. Right. Um, I think we can kind of do similar things with uh, media creation, game development, um, and so. So 
so that's my bigger vision, I guess, of, of what Full Circle can ultimately become. It's right. uh, a production studio with um, uh, different kind of smaller cells um, of people who are able to um, train, mentor while producing content, you know? Um, okay. Yeah. So right now, I'm, I want to ask this question because I'm, I'm thinking about potential private investors or people that are mm-hmm. looking to get their money to work for them in different spaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what projects does, you know, do you have as well as full circle um, that would benefit from, you know, such investors? Uh, so I have uh, the project I'm working on Gladiatron, which is a um, console or a PC and console game um, designed for one to four players, uh, couch co-op. It's designed for families, uh, you know, so it's it's, uh, it's an adventure game uh, with a kind of message. It's designed to kind of uh, bring ideally families together uh, and have a, allow them to have a shared kind of experience uh, around a console. So, so that's that's a project. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, it takes place in the, the late '80s um, in a fictional world based on mm. Detroit and Windsor. <laughs> Nice. And um, uh, it's got a lot of cool things in it, man. Um, playing up the, the synth time period and, and kind of integrating that in interesting ways into the game. Um, mm. The epic battle, good and evil. Uh, characters kind of get sucked into this video game world. Um, they find out you know who's behind it, uh, what their nefarious plan is, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm. I don't know how much to say about it. Like, right. No, I mean, the, it's, I think, I think you've said more than, more than enough to give people an idea of, of what it's about and how they can get involved. Now, right. I think, I think closer to the end of the show, I'll get you to share that information as far as how people can reach you. Okay. Um, and actually inquire about how they can get involved, what roles are available for them to play okay. as far as an investor goes and things like that and what you actually need. So that way they can reach you and then, you know, you can, kind of walking through the process and the details of how, how they can support you with that. Um, yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit. Sure, man. And um, I have this segment in the show, which is called Thinking Out Loud. Mm. And I'm going to ask you the most random question. This is where we get to get a little bit okay. loose and silly. Um, All right. And you got to give me your initial response, okay? All right, sure. Yeah, All yeah. right, here it goes. Would you rather... Mm-hmm. Now, this is obviously a fictional question because you are married. But would you rather? Would you rather date a girl yeah. who won't stop talking, mm. or date a girl who won't stop texting you? <laughs> texting me. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> well. Because she's always talking, man. I'm gonna get annoyed. Unless the conversation is so engaging all the time. It can't be. Yeah, I'll just like, okay. I can't handle too much. You want your silence anyway, right? Like, you want to be able to concentrate. Yeah. 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 I'm not great with text, you know? I got a I got a smart watch though, and I actually kind of like it because they're like, actually, oh, I'm getting a text now, or I'm getting a phone call. How about you? Um, if I had to pick, 
Oh, the texting. Yeah. I'll turn my phone off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I got to deal with people at work every day, right? Like, hey, but that's going to cause its own other issues, man. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Why can't you do my text? No, that's fine. That's fine. At least you know, if you know where I'm at and you see me, I can tell you my phone was off. Anyway, you're getting me in trouble here, man. I appreciate you doing that one. Um, Where where do you see yourself um, in in full circle in the next two years or so? Absolutely. I I anticipate um, we'll have a successful Kickstarter campaign or uh, funding from Ontario Creeds, mm-hmm. but we'll have a vertical slice of our game. So like the first kind of chunk of like, a, this is our game. This is what it looks like. This is how it plays. Start engaging with community. Um, hopefully getting done by then. Um, right. And uh, ideally kind of working on our next projects, you know, um, the hope is the game will uh, continue to mm. finance future endeavors. Um, but at the very least inform me and my team on how to make future games, you know? So, right. so yeah, so that's, that's uh, in a couple of years, uh, beginning stages of next project, um, either wrapping Gladiatron or, uh, or kind of recently uh, released. Mm, okay. Now I'm thinking about your kids. Yeah. Do you feel that you are living up to their expectations of what a, a father, you know, is? Um, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. I do my best to make sure that they know they're always loved mm-hmm. and respect them. Right. Treat them with dignity. And, um, but I, you know, tell them when they did something wrong, you know, and there's yep. consequences to, yep. to when they step out of line. And, um, you know, I think I, I do my best to stay patient with them. But mm-hmm. when I, when, they don't deserve my patience anymore, then I see, you know, that I can get angry, you right, know? So, right. um, I think that's important too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, you know, I, I, I think the most important thing is like, I don't have the most free time. I do have more free time now than I, than I have in, you know, the last maybe 10 years or so. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I try to always make time for them. Like, so if I'm busy, uh, and I'm doing something and they say, Hey, can you do this? Or, you know, can you help me with this? Unless I'm in a meeting or something like that, I'll always like take a break from what I'm doing and, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, kind of see what, see what they're up to and then give them that attention. Um, and I feel like, you know, I don't think I, I need to spend all this time with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important that the time I spend with them is quality time and, uh, and, um, you know, and I, I push them. I, I tell them what I expect of them, mm-hmm. and uh, and I try to teach them what I've learned. Yeah. Um, and I teach I teach them. I'm not perfect either. You know. Um, and I, I let them know when I screw or screw up or make a mistake or yeah. try to be uh, honest about that so they don't feel like they need to you know mm-hmm. be anything other than human. Um, right. But still try to strive and do their best. Yeah, I try to teach them growth mindset. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I think so, man. I hope so. I, right. I think if, if there's one thing I feel like I could be doing better is uh, just maybe doing more activities with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I'm working towards. No, I, I ask that question because I ponder it myself. Um, mm. You know, every once in a while, am I doing a good job? Am I doing a good enough job? Am I doing the best right. that I can? And, yeah. you know, because because we always vow to set a bar 
whether it's to be mm-hmm. better or giving them something more than what your parents were able to give you. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's funny because I look at that sometimes and I actually look back and I say to myself, you know what? I, sometimes I think I can't top what my mom did for me. Mm. You know, mm. it, as much as we might look at the material gains that we didn't get, That's right. you know, with the circumstances and I look at it and I say, you know what? I, I got to tip my hat to her because she did an amazing job yeah, and that's right, you know, by herself. And so the pressure I put on myself is always our, you know, you know, Alicia and I, are we doing the best that we possibly can? Mm-hmm. And then I look at myself and I have moments where I'm just like, some days I zone out because I'm just doing my own thing. Right. And, yeah. and then when I catch myself or I'm reminded to be present with them, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like, oh, shoot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you said something that I, I think I'll take with me, which is, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. They need their space from me, away from me sometimes. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where they get to learn about who they are. They get to grow and and whatnot. But it yeah. was just a question that I think about. So I figured, let me ask you. You know, if you think mm-hmm. about those things too. So I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. But I think I could be doing way better, man. I think you know I could do doing way better. Yeah. We can always yeah. do do better, right? But yeah. I, I believe as human beings, we are selfish beings, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's just how we're we're wired. You know, and I say that with the scenario in mind, like if you think about it, uh, if we're both hanging from a cliff, mm-hmm. do I let go, you know, one one arm to hold on to you to save you so we both drop? Or do I try and save myself and then maybe catch you if I make it to the bottom before you you, you let go? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I think it depends on who that other person is. Right. 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 That too. Well, maybe, right? maybe it doesn't. I think maybe, it's for your kids. Right. I think it's your kids. You prioritize their safety first. Right. Right. But but in prioritizing their safety, if you are the one that's going to deliver that safety, if you're not yeah. around, will they even right. get the safety? That's the other thing. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, yeah. we yeah. can't win. We can't win. And so no. and I look no. at it and I say, well, okay, I can give them all my time, but is that beneficial? Not necessarily, because sometimes they need yeah. space away from us to figure things out on their own. That's right. You know, like my two, my two are younger. I mean, I have a six and three. So I usually try and get them to sort out their issues on their own sometimes. Where if I see them fighting over a toy, I'm like, listen, you can fight over it and I can Mm -hmm. come and take it away from both of you. Yep. Oh, or, I had that conversation. Right? <laughs> learn to work. Yeah. Learn to work together or you lose it. Right? <laughs> so, and before you know it, they work it out. Yeah. You know, they find a way to coexist. So, and, and those are the moments, right? It's like, I don't have to be there. You guys can do this, you know? So Yeah, I, I think it's, it's absolutely important for them to, to kind of, you know, spend, be, be okay yeah. on their own. That's it. That's you it. Because you got to be on, on your own a lot of times. That's know? right. And That's right. You got to yeah. kind of, you know, figure out what you can do in those, those moments. Uh, yeah. But then also play with each other, but give each other space. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's great spending time with them though, like, like it doing is. activities. It is, and you know what I find with with my son, it's easy in some ways because like he'll he's like the more like outgoing one, right? Like mm-hmm. the more mm-hmm. like let's play now, let's play. Like, like you know, he'll he'll kind of do that, and and uh, we he'll play sports with me. He'll play basketball and soccer, and you know, right. and, um, and but then my daughter. Uh, she's like creative, like, you know, more, she 
she she does it too, but she's like like more introverted, like a little more like on that 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 way, right? Yeah. And for me, it's my challenge. I think is finding things that she and I can connect around, like you know. Mm. Um, and ironically, art is one of those things, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. But it's finding the time to to be able to sit down and do it with her or do Lego with her. Yeah. Um, and I, just the other day we did that. And, awesome it's, it's great you know but i want to be able to do that more and more and more so right. that's that's where i feel like i i need to just sort out my time stuff mm-hmm. so that i have that freedom um I'm not chained to my desk and i, I kind of just go out and with a with a clear mind because just you know spend spend the whole night like just kind of doing whatever you know so yeah yeah anyways it's, but it's a struggle man it's a struggle when it's all said and done we're coming to the end of the show, but when is all said and done? How does Gavin want to be remembered? It's a great question, man. And uh, I used to feel like I, I know this answer. <laughs> and I, I feel like it's funny. Like, it's changed, but it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm glad you asked that because when I started Full Circle and, you know, I started this game, I wanted to be George Lucas. I wanted to be Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. I still do. That's my goal. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking towards. And I wanted to help a lot of people. I want to help a lot of people. I want to help, you know, um, mm-hmm. inspire people. I want to help um, empower people. And I want my work to be remembered, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be remembered like the George Lucas is. And, um, nice. It's all about the impact. And, I'm glad. and even Oprah. Oprah, too. Yeah. And it's... Jerry. Like, people who, like, they, they have their commercial success, but, you know, they... They have humanitarian kind of like uh, goals as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. Um, and I want to kind of like, I want to help people within the diaspora, right? Like, and um, I want to help people in Africa. And you know, I, I know, I just want to, just want to like provide opportunity. That's and, awesome. And inspiration. Yeah. That's awesome. What is, so this is the part where I cheat a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm building my own uh, personal library. So I ask all my guests this question because this is the only way I can grow the library. What is the most recent book you've read and what was it about? Uh, recent book or, hmm, I don't. Or a favorite book. Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you three books, man. Can I give you like three books? Sure, I'll take three. <laughs> so the recent, <laughs> most recent book I'm reading is, um, the best, one of the best books, uh, I'm finding that one. One of the best books I've read is called Workflow. The Workflow? It's called Workflow, just Workflow. Oh, okay, Workflow, okay. R-O-N-M-A-Y-E-R. Okay. Called Workflow, A Practical Guide to the Creative Process. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, this guy's an animator. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, actually, he breaks it down, like the procrastination, like, you know, um, when you have wow. something to do. And why do you wait? And, like, why, you know, do you just start in the wrong spot, you know? Like, and mm-hmm. so he breaks all that down, work in simple passes, break down your work, like, you know, chunk it up into interesting ways. And and, and this book has been really important for me. Um, mm-hmm. Another book is, uh, is called Wonder Book. Is the recent book I'm reading? Wonder Book? Yeah, Wonder Book. The Guide to Creating Imaginative Fiction. Mm. It's basically about bringing your ideas to life. Like, and it's not trying not to be a kind of a standard guide, a one size fits all, you know? Uh, it's really kind of people, I think, have like a million weird, crazy ideas. 
how do you kind of funnel that into like and craft that into something that uh, that other people can appreciate? Right. Oh, can I? There's another book by David Goggins that I really like. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Yeah, master your mind and defy the odds. David Goggins, mm. really incredible book. Okay. Not that you need it, man. I, like I respect you a lot. Um, I respect your mindset and your certainty about. I will do this and it will get done. You know, mm-hmm. I respect that. I think that uh, something I admire about you, you know, there's no, no do things halfway, you know, you're, you're, you're do it with intention. And uh, so you, some of the stuff you might not need, but, um, but another one is called the game changer. Game changer. I appreciate that. Yeah. How to use the science of motivation with the power of game design. Mm to shift behavior, shape culture, and make clever happen wow. by Dr. Jason Fox. Mm. What's interesting about this one, it's like, if you are, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're working on a really big project mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of it, or you're just, just started and starting to kind of slog and feels like never going to end. Yeah. This is basically about um, finding ways to kind of like motivate yourself. Right. Scientific ways, like finding ways the brain works. Like um, the one, the biggest takeaway that I got from that is make progress visible. So there's sometimes when you're working on something and you can't tell that you're moving forward. Right. But if you can find some way to track or demonstrate that you are making progress, that's enough to yep. kind of help you keep going. You know, you know, that's that last point there is you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I was doing the uh, the children's book, um, I went through that same process. The slog. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I started off high. I got the character yeah. design, the concepts and everything mm-hmm. and, and the illustration ideas for each page. And I'm like, okay, this is it. My timeline is October of, you know, um, 20, I think it was 2019. And... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, I need to have this book done by October 31st. Right. That was my goal. Mm. And the first, the first four months, yeah. I was, what, maybe halfway or almost three quarters of the way through the book. Okay. And then I hit the wall hard. Okay. Okay. Right. Hit the wall hard. And by, right. by like July, you know, August, I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't done anything. Right. You know, and then I realized how much more I had to do because I ignored the timeline and everything else. And then I just said, you right. know what? And I wrote it, on, I wrote it on a, on a sheet of paper that I put in front of my, my, you know, my drawing tablet. Yeah. And I, it's basically said four hours a day. Awesome. Spend four hours a day max. Right. Right. And okay. I literally would go to bed at like 2 a.m. knowing I got to wake up in two hours to go to work. But you put your four hours in? I put my four hours in. Okay. And I finished it by end of September. Amazing, man. And I used the month of October just to revise and tweak whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't realize how powerful that was just looking at it every day. And I'm like, I can't ignore that four hours. I got to do yes. four hours, put the kids to bed yes, yes. and I'm up until I get my four hours in. 
Amazing. Right. Set the timer. When the four hours is up, I walk away. Okay. Right. Obviously, you have moments where it's like, okay, I don't want to leave it like this. I want to finish this part and, you know. Keep and, quiet a little bit. Right. Yeah. But it's so true. It's so true. Like, yeah. you, you have to yeah. see it. it there's got to be a visual reminder because I looked at it and I'm like, wait a minute, I've finished all these pages already. I just need three more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What am I procrastinating for? You know? And That's right. Yeah. And then Seth, Seth Gordon just popped in my head because I had finished the book maybe like a month before. And all he kept saying was, just ship. Right. I'm like, you know what? Right, okay. Right, right. October 31st is my date. I'm going to get it done and get it out regardless okay. of what state okay. it was in. And, yeah. you know, I put it out there and that was it. Okay. And that was it. And I, it, it felt incredible. Amazing. 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 You that's know. inspiring me, man. That's, uh, that's great. So can I, can I ask you a question? Like, um, yeah. how much does like that kind of stuff play into your, your life? Like, do you listen to motivational books or like, you know, do you listen to biographies of people like, Podcast, like does that, does that, or, or do you have your mind already on that uh, wavelength? It it took me it took me years to be comfortable with it. To, to say I I can use this, like right. to feel like it's not something wrong with you to listen to listen to that right. stuff. Okay, like I was I I I'd be lying. Okay, look, since Seneca, yeah, I was practicing that. Okay, so it's it's not really yeah. Because, so, okay, a bit of a backstory. Um, When I was at Seneca, I'm living on my own. Well, I'm I'm living with my brother and a friend. Right, I think you remember that, yeah, yeah. Right, so this is is my world now. Like, this is just me trying to make it work. And at the same time, I'm going to school. Right. I'm saving money because I'm trying to buy a house and get married in the same year. A what? Okay. So my three years in at Seneca, that was it. Like I'm, I'm renting with, with and then so Ray became a roommate. Um, right. At that point. Yeah. And that was it. That was my grind. So my grind was, I had to change my mindset. I had to change the way I looked at the world. I had to change okay. that whole deficit mentality of, you know, what was me? I couldn't, right. that, that wouldn't allow me to get where I wanted to get. Okay. Okay. Right. At this point, I've already proposed. And okay. I know that's the goal. Clear your debt. And okay. so I'm also paying my tuition mm. at the same time. So I'm working, staying at school, paying my tuition, saving for this down payment wow. and this marriage. So we get the house closing. I think it was um, April or something like that of, of 09. Then we get married. Amazing, we get married in July. Amazing. We do the wedding. And yeah. we, we come out of it with no debt. Amazing. So for me, that was the focus. Like, I, okay. I as soon as I, I realized, wait a minute, I can actually put my mind to the state and stay on it and, yeah. and, and do it. So you notice I wouldn't eat out much. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, all those little things, I wouldn't go out and yeah. do. And, and as much as I would, that was my only regret. To be honest with you, like my yeah. only thing really? that I wish I would have been able come to come hang out more. Oh, yes, okay. like I, I didn't, I didn't allow myself to socialize and actually get to know a lot of our classmates. Mm. I limited my circle to just a handful of people. Mm. Right, that was the only regret I had because I think we had a great group for those three years. Mm. 
like yeah, incredible people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. spiritually, like like they were actually honest and great character people, like people they were within good the people, man. Right. That's, I'll be honest, like that's what I loved about that school the right the people, like a family, man. That was like, it. You know, and everyone was pulling for for each other. Right. Know? And that that's one regret I had, which was because I was so focused on my goal mm. and making it happen, I couldn't afford to enjoy some of those, you know, um, um hey man. settings. I, I, I'm curious, and I don't want to take this longer, but sacrifice. If you want something, that's you want what to it achieve is. something. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what it is. the cost. Yeah. And that time yeah. you don't get back. That's it. So do you, you say you regret that, but do you really, do you, like, what, and, and that's the thing. In the and that's the yeah. thing, right? Like, I, I, I don't, but I know yeah. it was something that I would have enjoyed. Yes, I would have appreciated yes. it. But without that, without being willing to give up that thing, that's it. There's no sacrifice. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. No, you can't. And I think I think that's what I struggle with. Like, you know, you're trying to have. I both. have to. Yeah. Well, I know I can't. Yeah. You know, and um, but I think there's guilt. Yes. Sometimes in the sacrifice. It's not a common path, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if I get there, my life will change in ways that I can't, you know. So, and it's, it, it's gonna make normal stuff harder, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> I had moments where I said, okay, this is my goal. I wanna get here financially, yeah. right? In yeah. certain yeah. states. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, if I get there or when I get there, mm-hmm. it's gonna mm-hmm. feel like this. Yeah. Man, was I wrong? Felt better. No. What? Like, okay. It so, just was normal. Just like, okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just set, you just set a new bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. It. I. I was. I was honestly a bit disappointed because I expected something yeah. else, and that's the thing with yeah. expectations, right? Um, right. But I set this number, and I'm like, I gotta get this number. I gotta get this number. I make it to the number. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's set a new number. Right. So, right. so the lesson there I learned was it's not about the destination. You hear it all the time, but the journey. Oh yes. yeah, that's, I, 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 I caught that one early on. Actually, I'll say. <laughs> you know, I, I got that one early on. I'm like, I'll take that one in because because um, yeah, the destination is fleeting, man. man. And then you got to set a new one. But uh, the journey is where you spend your time. Let's enjoy that thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I, and that's when I realized, I'm like, oh, it's not the number. Yeah. It's what I'm going to do to get to the number. Mm. You know, and that was the excitement. And, and that was the, the challenge and the obstacles. And so so I, I, I'm, I'm aware of what's happening now. I, I actually have a better mm. understanding as to what's happening. I, I'm supposed to set goals and enjoy it. Yeah. And when yeah. I get there, I set another one. And that's just what it is. Yeah. And I think I think you're onto something with the, the thing you did with the four hours a day, right? Yeah. It's like you, you, you do that. And it's like you just spend four hours a day. You don't say, I have to do this today, I have to do that yeah. today. Like you just yeah. spend four hours a day, enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy that four hours, you know? Yeah. And then, and then uh, the stuff. Like, and I said this before, and I don't know where I heard it, but I, I, I challenged it in my mind and I couldn't find it to be false. Is that the natural way of things is to get done. I think mm-hmm. it might have been Seth Golden or someone like, 
Like basically, if you just keep at something, it'll get done. Like yeah. it's just, just if it happens, you know, whether you want it to or not. <laughs> That's it. You know, so you don't have to force it for anything. Like you just have to stay on, just keep, keep at it. No, no. I think the hardest part for me was with the book. It was when I set those the four hour um, timeline. Whether I was in the mood or not, I was committed to it. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. the hardest thing for you know being an artist is is yeah is you well, you want okay. you want the mood right yeah, yeah. and and so I had to rely on my technical skills, not the passion. Right. But then some days you sit down and you get like it just flowing, yes. it's just magic and yes. booms you know? happening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Stephen King does the same thing. Like I've read a lot of uh, a lot of you know prolific writers. They they wake up in the morning, kind of put in their five hours, whatever it is. Yep. That's what it is. They show up every day. Exactly. They don't wait to be inspired. Yeah. And I think uh, this is where my challenge, I think, comes in, is that my life has been. So turbulent in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a regular schedule. Like, right. well, my schedule. I don't have like a regular nine to five. I come home, do this, and then do my extra or whatever. Right. I, I kind of miss that, like, kind of predictability uh, mm-hmm. with teaching. As much as I love it, and as much as the hours are flexible, I get a random email like, "Oh, you know, uh, student needs X Y Z needs to help with this," or. Um, this went wrong or this happened, you got to put out this fire. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, I recognize the power of scheduling a time and letting the rest of your life flow around that. Right. Know? Right. Immense power in that. I can do it. Yeah. But as soon as I stop, it's like, it's gone, you know? Yeah. And then you have to kind of get that going again. So I think that's been a challenge for me is like, um, getting my schedule to the point where I can, with confidence and predictability, not have to worry that, oh, I'm neglecting this other thing if I work on my project, you know, mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. But no, that's cool. I'm going to, I'm going to look at doing something similar to what you did where maybe it's an hour each night or something right. like that, or in each morning that I, uh, you know, that can never be taken away from me. I just, I committed to that time. And, and, and I think that that's kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. So I appreciate that, man. I appreciate this conversation, I appreciate you know, the inspiration. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate what you're up to, what you're doing, and I think uh, you're a big inspiration. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it too. Sure. Now, I want you to do me a solid and just leave, yeah. you know, um, the website, social media handle, anywhere that people can actually get in touch with you to see your work, to follow, to support, uh, for investors to inquire. Um, and how they can get on board and actually move this project forward because I want to see it done. Okay. And um, yeah, just share, share that information with us. Sure, man. Um, so if you're interested in investing, um, you can reach out to me on my LinkedIn, GB Ball or just Gavin Ball. Uh, you'll find me assistant teaching, teaching professor at Ontario Tech University. Uh, otherwise, you can find some of my art on uh, ArtStation, uh, ArtStation slash GB Ball. Um, so art station slash G B B A L L. Um, my Instagram is, uh, at Gavin ball underscore doodles. And, uh, I think those are probably the best ways to, to kind of track me down. So awesome, man, Gav, I want to thank you for the time. I appreciate it okay, so much. Man. 
Yeah. For making Good this time, happen. Man. Good time. Always, sure. always, always. Um, for the listeners, I want to thank you guys for tuning in as always every week. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. There's a lot of information, a lot of gems that I think um, a lot of you can benefit from. I benefited from it. Uh, that's why I bring my guests on board because they have a lot to share. And so just tune in if you want to get involved and actually get in with the chat. Make sure you download Podbean. That's where I can respond to your comments and your thoughts and your appreciation. And I can also share that with the guests. Um, so make sure you get on there. But the show is available on all platforms. Until next time, I want to thank my guests once again. Appreciate you, Gavin, for this. And uh, love, peace, and nappiness. Peace.